Bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I'm Miriam Suela Perez. And I'm Vero Flores, and we are two Latinx friends with widely different music tastes. Each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love, and this week we've got our now annual Halloween episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really resisted this one for a minute. I feel like I there was know. like maybe like a couple years where we didn't do them, but now it's just like, okay, y'all, we need themes. This one's festive. <laughs> I think we've done it almost every year at this point but yeah you were resistant <laughs> at the beginning you were reluctant and somehow we always have something new to put on our list so i know you know yeah let's take a listen to what we have brought first this is temata by caliuchis <laughs> Murder is spooky, obviously. Yeah. I know this is a figurative temata. Like, uh-huh. I know it fucking kills you to see me thriving. But, right. you know, the visual on this video shows some real murder. So I'm running with it. Also, um, she calls herself at the beginning Diabla. Yeah. Also, she calls herself Diabla. I thought that was a little spooky adjacent. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> Halloween. Diabla is yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Also, though, um, this is Caliucci's new song. It didn't come out too long ago. And I just love that it's... I was so surprised when I pressed play on what a new Caliucci song was going to be. I did not expect, like, a classic novela-style bolero. Like, I was not expecting it. And she's just like, I really love it. I really love it. She's giving the drama in this video, too. So dramatic, so drums. Very dramatic. Yeah, I was not expecting that either, but I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. I was really feeling it. And yeah, I think that this is like a good, um, like cute direction for Kaliuchi. She has a new album coming out and um, it's making me excited about it. I've liked the last couple of things that she's released, actually, um, which she released a song with El Alfa um, over the summer, I want to say, mm-hmm. like late summer, mm-hmm. that I also liked. Um, so I'm like, I've been like, you know, into the new Caliuchis. I have like always had like sort of like a tense relationship with her because when she first came out, um, mm-hmm. I was like, 
not really about her sometimes. Like I like like I liked her sound, but I was like, okay, like quién es este personaje, you know? Like, but I don't know. I'm I'm over it. Or slash like I don't the- need I don't need all that for my pop stars, you know. Was it the Gwen Stefani stuff? Yeah, yeah. Like, when I first heard of her, like, in, like, 2013, she was, like, talking about how, like, she, like, really admired Gwen Stefani as her feminist icon. And I'm like, girl, that's so tired. But, oh, you know, like, she's a pop star. I don't care. I'm just, I don't look, I'm not looking to her for my political opinions. Yeah. And if that's, like, the worst thing she's doing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it could be so many worse things politically that she could be doing besides standing yeah, for no, someone who's just like, like she a needs cultural to be canceled or nothing. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Gwen, Gwen Stefani, I've seen some like funny, funny, funny TikTok video of this woman who, she's actually Latina. She's, you know, white, blonde hair, but um, she's like Paraguayan. Anyway, an American. And she um, pretends to be like P- the PR agency for like big people when like, crazy shit's happening and it's really funny and she has one about Gwen Stefani where she's like reiterating that she's not Japanese she's like remember the 23 and me we did with you you know it's just like really funny anyway I'll find if I can find it I'll put it in the show notes because it's pretty funny yeah that's pretty great all right so do you have any Halloween plans this year um it's my friend's birthday and she's having it at some like vampire adjacent bar so i think i'm just gonna use that as my excuse to wear a costume Ooh, and the, the the other halloween related thing that i have going on is like less for me but it's like i'm going to like a child's birthday party and mm. it, it's like a halloweeny but it's like sesame street themed so that's not generally i mean i love myself a muppet um which is not sesame street right muppet sesame street different no, um, I I think, oh, you know, I don't are they know. both yeah. Jim Henson? Yeah, I'm not no, really I, th- sure. I think it's the same thing. Yeah, I think the Muppets are on Sesame Street. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm a fan of Oscar the Grouch, so maybe I'll just. Of course, that. you are. Veto. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wait, is this is this S Rod or someone doing the birthday party? Uh-huh. Wait, what are you going to be at the vampire bar? Um, I'm uh, thinking about uh, Morticia. Oh, yeah. You could do that. Yeah. I'm just going to, like, get, get a long dress, paint my nails red, part my hair down the middle, and buy myself a rose. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you're good at Halloween. I suck at Halloween. I don't feel like I've ever had, like, a good costume. I never think about it far enough in advance. I don't have the kind of clothing where there's there's no costume in my house. You know what I mean? Like, I don't just have something lying around <laughs> that's a costume unless I'm just dressing like myself. And so I just, yeah, I feel like I've never, I've never really gone all in. I, w- I would like to at some point, but I just, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know. I, I just haven't. So I'm going to, tonight I'm going to a high heel race, which is like a Halloween adjacent activity that happens in DC where mostly a bunch of drag queens, um, race down the street in high heels and it's like a literal race like people go really fast but also people are in like costumes and and whatnot and so that's like my halloween activity i love that i'm low-key <laughs> jealous i would love to experience this it's just a very um, dc but, thing uh, <clears throat> yeah funny. well just like for some advice for like a very low stakes halloween costume should you be into this you can always get some fake blood 
Fake wow. blood is always like if you're into like a gory right. situation, which no, you might I, you not know, be. That's interesting. I'm not, but you're right. That would be really easy. It's very easy. No matter yeah. what you're doing, you can get some fake blood. The other, you know, like a few years ago, I like didn't really have anything ready, and I just put on like a cute dress and some chandelier earrings and put some fake blood on my neck, and I was the death of the ruling class. <laughs> Yeah, see, you're good at Halloween. I, just, I don't know. I also feel like I've missed an opportunity to, like, exploit my dog for Halloween, like, likes, oh, yeah. you know? yeah, that's also very good. But I, and she, I just haven't, and she's little and everything, but I don't know, someday. It's, clearly, it's not going to be this year because it's too late, but, um, but yeah, but I appreciate those ideas. Those are great. People mm-hmm, should steal mm-hmm. them. Fake blood is always, in a pinch, a great Halloween situation. I also think that, um... I also think that you could do something where like some sort of like character is much smaller than the other and then Chuchi could be your like smaller oh, character Jason yeah. like a couple's costume but with your dog. With my dog, I know. Even better. That would be cute. That would be cute. <laughs> <laughs> um all right. So my first song for this episode is a Lila Down song called Son de Difuntos. Let's take a listen. Estaba sentada a la parca, fumándose de su tabaco, con los santos se discutía, quien se echaba su último trago, con los santos se discutía, quien se echaba su último trago. Se fue a su chilico pal, como que vas del camino, yo me llevo a tu hija santa, si no pones en mi altar vino, yo me llevo a tu hija santa, si no pones en mi altar vino. Se muerto more songs because i searched for day of the dead songs and i don't know why like that never occurred to me in the past and obviously day of the dead and halloween are very distinct like Mm -hmm. cultural traditions but they have some common themes i think probably because of the time of year and like harvest and i don't know the to me there's something connection between like harvest and like thinking about ancestors uh, maybe it's just like the end of seasons and the you know the dark. Well, they the are fall. related in the sense that Halloween is All Hallows Eve, and then number and then November first is you right know, the actual All Hallows Day, like All Saints Day. You know, right? So it's, and that's the and that's when Day of the Dead is. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I know yeah. that like Day of the Dead is also like incorporating a lot of indigenous traditions, uh-huh, um, for sure. it, it, traditions indigenous to Mexico. But it's also like mm-hmm. one of those like combo Catholic Church indigenous mm-hmm. traditions, which like the Catholic Church had to do to spread its, me- you yeah. know, like to be be palatable to anybody who wants to right. join a random religion. They just sort of absorbed everybody else. Right. 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 Yeah. So yeah. So it's, there's a lot of there's some synchronicity. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. historically and 
in terms of like the rituals involved. And so, um, so yeah, this is a, a song that I would associate with the Day of the Dead because it's a, you know, a son de difuntos. It's like the song for the dead. It's like the dance for the dead. And um, I, I, you know, I'm, Day of the Dead is not part of my cultural tradition. Obviously, like I'm Cuban, it's not part of the Caribbean culture tradition. But um, I really mm-hmm. enjoy the idea of like having a day to like celebrate with your ancestors. And I'm sure there's other cultures yeah. that do this as well, and cultures that are ancestor centric. Um, but an idea, like the idea of like a day when they all come and like, you know, celebrate with you and like right people go to the cemetery and they bring food and offerings. And that's the idea that they're like connecting with their ancestors in like a celebratory way, which I think is really um, lovely because so much about like death, you know, it's, it's about grief. But I feel like this has a celebratory um, aspect to it. And the song feels very celebratory. I really appreciate traditions that allow for like a different um positionality around death other than sadness you know um grief is obviously like super real and um intense and can be very deeply sad but um i i do i just it's it's an important reframe for me Mm -hmm. um to think about death as like just it's like the one thing that's for sure about life (laughs) is death And, like, it's part of our cycle and it's part of our, um, you know, our coming back into the earth and, like, traditions that are much more centered around, like, natural cycles and, um, you know, literal energy. I'm not talking about, like, woo energy, although that's, you know, a part of this, too, but, like, literal, like, energy back into the earth. Like, it's just all, we're all humans have done such a good job in the West of distinguishing ourselves from nature and the natural order. And I think that that disconnect has led to a lot of disconnects in like how we exist. And I think our disconnect around death is one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I also feel like the, at least I'm not familiar with like in like American sort of like Anglo Protestant, you know, et cetera, cultures that there's like an ancestor, a real ancestor practice, like a real like ritual or worship or connection. Like, and I feel like that's something that uh, I think is really missing because there is something important. I mean, there's so most indigenous traditions and like many other cultural traditions do have some aspect of ancestor, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. you know, veneration, Mm -hmm. respect, worship, whatever you want to call it. And I feel like that's really missing in certain cultural contexts. And I think that's, there's probably some like things you could, like you're saying, things that you could say about people's worldview that like is connected to that lack of, of veterans or respect or like connection to people who've passed, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. What's your next one? So my next one is a, a song by Tiny featuring young Miko, J Balvin and Joely Randi. And this is called Colmillo. Si 
que una fashion killer Todos los días en el gym Ese booty cada vez más pega Ese booty cada vez más pega Sencillo, yo quiero darte conmigo. Sé que estás bellaca, no sé si tú aguantes. Que te derras que te quedes conmigo. Yo que tengo ganas, tú me has visto antes. Esto es sencillo, yo quiero darte conmigo. Sé que estás bellaca, no sé si tú aguantes. Que te derras trío, que tú te quedes conmigo. Ya sabe que es una fashion killer Todos los días en el gym Ese booty cada vez más pega Ese booty cada vez más pega Okay, so colmillo means fang, so I'm going with this is spooky. <laughs> I don't know if you saw in the video. There's also a person wearing a really large cat head for part of it. Yes, I did see that, and that is definitely quite creepy. <laughs> like, are you a furry? What's happening? Yeah, yeah. There was like some naked butt. I'm like, okay, this could be gay. This could be furry. But importantly, though, I feel like. This house beat that it starts with to me is so gay. Like this song is like this belongs <laughs> in a ball. I'm like, did somebody take Tiny to a ball? Did he like it? Was he inspired by some voguing? I think that what's probably more likely is that this is Beyonce's impact, who obviously was uh, inspired by voguing and black queer folks in her um, Renaissance era. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I'm kind of like, you know, LOLing at the idea of Tiny at a ball. I hope he went. Well, young Miko is also openly queer, right? Yes. Young Miko is queer. Although she doesn't strike me as the ball type. Who knows? Yeah. I know it's like a necessarily different world, but. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I think this is really cute. I'm feeling it. Um, I like how it like morphs into like a reggaeton beat for Joely Randy, my nasty reggaeton kings, and also apparently fuck the police kings if the song is to be believed. Love to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, very excited about this. I yes, I did want to like acknowledge Young Miko being here, but the thing that I most wanted to talk about, who else is on here, um, is my other Colombian appearance. I have like a sort of Colombian heavy um, set list today because Caliuchis, as you know, is Colombian born. Um, but Jay Balvin is on the song, and mm-hmm. I was surprised that I didn't hate him in this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I thought it was like, I was like, oh, he's like got like a little bit of flow in this. Like, and I'm wondering if this is like for real or if it's like the effect of like Bad Bunny sort of uncanceling him just by virtue of being unnecessarily mean to the dude who sort of put him on. You know, not that like Jay Balvin put him on, but like he was much bigger than Bad Bunny was when like they started collaborating. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, Bad Bunny, like in early interviews back then, was like talking about how he like cried when Jay Balvin reached out to him, you know? Um, and Wait, did we, was Jay Balvin canceled at some point? 
I mean, not like canceled, canceled, but like everybody is annoyed with him, you know? And he's just like making weird, like, I think that when there were like these like intense protests going right, on in Colombia, right, right, he was right. like, had this sort of like wishy washy response, like, there's no right, there's no left, just humans. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, bro, all lives matter, you know? Right, like, he's yeah. just like had like a number of like wishy washy political gaps, and he's just like odd on race and mm. like not, you know, like. Never and like the stuff around like Tokicha and like the um the Perra music video was like rough on race also, right. um so yeah okay. he's like yeah, you're reminding me of all the things. not you know the people's favorite um and you know like he's just like lost a lot of his cool also mm-hmm. um but I was surprised that I didn't hate him and I just like feel like. I don't know. Maybe like he also responded to this, like to this, uh, in to this Bad Bunny dig that was like, oh, we don't hang out. It was like, it's just, we don't hang out with everybody like J Balvin, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but he had this like sort of noble response. He's like, I don't know what he's talking about. I just have love for him, you know, whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Everybody like, <laughs> I feel like maybe he like uncanceled him by just all of that. But who knows? Okay. Who knows what it is? I just, I just know that I didn't hate him. In that's su- that's that's surprising yeah i feel like we haven't talked about him a minute too so maybe it's like you know he's been in the background a little bit so you've gotten a chance to like you know miss him a little bit or you know not be so focused on him yeah maybe he has put new music up but it's just like not i've not been interested in it yeah we haven't been paying attention to it <clears throat> yeah all right the next song is by cafeta cuba and it's called la muerte chiquita let's take a listen Dame la muerte chiquita, dame la muerte pequeña, y así tal vez en tus brazos alcanzaré gracia plena, su esencia de alta marea. Sus besos de tamarindo, sus pestañazos palmeras a cuyo vaivén me rindo. Dicen que usted trae las sombras y por dentro está todo So this is actually a reference to the saying un petit mort, which in French actually is like a um, a reference to orgasming, like that orgasming is yeah, like a, that's what a I tiny was. death. I was like, yeah. I was like oh, <laughs> a song yeah. about orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of it's a little bit of a stretch, but I felt like, you know, they're using death, even though, again, it's like a metaphor for something else. And also I feel like the vibe of this song kind of had a little bit of like 
some dark spookiness to it. It was like a serious, kind of a serious vibe for a song that's about orgasming. But I guess if you're calling or orgasm like a little death, then it's a whole different um, way of thinking about sex. So it's a stretch, but here we are. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. It does also sound like, I feel like there's like a spooky tenor to like the mm -hmm. slide guitar that they mm -hmm. like open with and like it's just like sort of slow and like, you know, reminds mm -hmm. me of the relentless march of time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, the relentless march of time. <laughs> okay. Getting deep, getting deep. Um, Only one direction, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows, right? It's like, are we in a simulation? Who knows? Um, <laughs> so, um, Cartago was one of the many like rock and espanol groups that we haven't really focused on because we've—it's just an area that we we don't neither of us follow particularly, and so they, you know, I feel like they've, it's gotten pretty short shrift on this show over the last seven years. But I think we have brought them before. They're Mexican. They've been going since the early '90s. Um, I haven't listened to a ton of them. Have you, Veno? Um, I have definitely listened to Cafe Catacua at some points in my life. I feel like. In the 90s. Right. <laughs> I listened to Cafe Takua. <laughs> when you were eight? <laughs> anymore. I was uh, older than eight. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I feel like in ta Cafe Takua's heyday, I was like, I was into them for sure. Not like, I was never like a huge, huge fan. Like I said, like we've talked about before on this show that we are um, not the hugest like Rock and Espanol fans. Like, mm. In terms of not that we don't think it has great impact or that it's not good, but like my personal like um, sort of a relationship to that music isn't very like super tight. But I definitely did listen to Café Takua um, at at the time that they were sort of like in their heyday, and I've got a couple of songs that I would consider bangers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whenever I think of Cafe Takua, I think of Babelito from Latinos Who Lunch because he's mm, he loves obsessed them, yeah. with them. And I think yeah. he's seen them in concert like countless times, <laughs> like like going like on tour almost, like traveling from show to show with them. So um, that's what I think of when I think of Cafe Takua. But, uh, but yeah, I've, I've not spent much time with their oeuvre, but I liked this song. Yeah, yeah. All right, what's next? Okay, so I have a song that is like maybe a little bit not on theme, maybe somewhat on theme, but I just wanted to make sure to talk about this because it's super on my mind. This song is called Somosud. It's by Ana Tiju and Shadia Mansur. Let's take a listen. Tú nos dices que debemos sentarnos, pero las ideas solo pueden levantarnos, caminar, recorrer, no rendirse ni retroceder, ver, aprender como esponja absorbe. Nadie sobre todos, faltan todos, suman todos para todos, todo para nosotros. Soñamos en grande que se caiga el imperio, lo gritamos algo, no queda más remedio. Esto no es utopía, es alegre rebeldía del baile de los que sobran de la danza tuya y mía. Levantarnos para decir ya vas. Caña América Latina se suba Un barro con casco con lápiz a patear el fiasco Provocar un social terremoto en este charco Ahora 
So there's nothing scarier than a genocide. So I feel like it's got to count, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just (sighs) like it's been so heavy on my mind. This uh, stuff that's been going on in Palestine, and it's just, it's. I, like the way that I'm seeing people like pay with their jobs, pay with like like resignations, like all sorts of things. Like like it comes at a cost to um, speak out on Palestine, um, which is so devastating and intense. And yet I have also like seen a lot of. Um, a lot of support towards Palestine that is really different from what I have seen in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like much more, um, it, it's, it's just, this feels like a different moment. And I um, am both like really saddened, but also really grateful for people like talking about what is clearly a genocide that's happening right now. And, um, it's just so, so devastating. I've always loved this collaboration between Ana Tiju and British-Palestinian rapper Shadia Mansour that ties together anti-colonial struggles in Latin America and Palestine. And um, it feels so important to me to just talk about it. It's so, um, it's just so sad. It's just so sad and so fucked up. And I, um, I really hate to see the way that, like, the nation state of Israel, like, weaponizes, like, the very real and intense, like, generational suffering of Jewish people to, like, maintain the ethno state at this really violent cost. So, um, it's just so devastating all around. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's well said, and it's like, it's upsetting that people think that they are being, like, pro-Jewish. Like, they're being supportive of Jews and, like, fighting anti-Semitism by supporting the state of Israel that is, like, enacting horrific crimes against humanity um, when it comes to the treatment of Palestinians, you know? It's, like, really twisted, and, you know, half my family's Jewish, my mom's side of the family's Jewish, and so it's, like, feels very... I mean, I've been I've been heartened by I think the the level of resistance and response from like Jews in the U.S. Yeah, there's like a couple absolutely. of organizations like Jewish Voices for Peace and stuff that have been around for a long time, but I feel like yeah. the level of action and like I think there's more people, um, more and more like left, you know, people, progressive people of Jewish descent who are speaking out and saying not in my name and like this does not represent me and this is not, you know, yeah, saying that the what the what the state of Israel is doing is wrong is not anti-Semitism, you know? Um, but yeah, I think you're right that there is a connection to colonialism because at the end of the day, this is really a fight for land. Um, yeah. it's about land. And so it's like, well, if you want the land that someone else is on, really one of the only ways to do it is, is by eliminating those people, which is like a really horrific. And obviously the context of why Israel even became a thing and whatever is like a global geopolitical, you know, it's not, it's like, more complicated than just like the government of Israel, but the support for their just horrific, 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 yeah, crimes against the Palestinian yeah. people is just—it's like it's just unconscionable. And I, I, the the propaganda, the sort of Israeli propaganda 
machine and the way in which it influences the U.S. and U.S. media and U.S. politics and yeah, makes it like an impossibility to be speaking out in support of the Palestinian people is just like wild, you know? Yeah, it's really so intense and people make it feel like it's this like super complicated thing. It's like, and actually like there's many things about it that are complicated. I don't pretend that I have a solution to this issue in this moment, but like to say that like, it is okay to like go to some people's land and take them out of it at gunpoint because there's been just a genocide committed against you is wild. Like ethnos there's a, to me, there's Mm -hmm. no possibility to have like justice within an ethno state where you are saying that one ethnicity has political rights. Meanwhile, others don't like, how could you possibly align that with justice ever? There's nothing that, to yeah. me justifies that and um it's it's just it's just really difficult to watch and like what you were saying but it's like the israeli propaganda machine is so intense and it really like eats at me that my taxpayer dollars are like supporting the military and like purchasing the rockets that are being like launched at gaza right now mm-hmm. um and that's why, like you said, I, I also have been really heartened by um, the actions of American Jews because um, it's so it's like so much of the military support that uh, the Israeli military receives is from um, from us. So um, yeah. I don't know. It's just been really hard to watch and it's been weighing heavy. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I think the other thing I was thinking about is that we don't. I think because of like the bias in the American media, like we don't ever hear about Israeli resistance to Israel policies. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. not everyone in Israel supports what the Israeli government is doing, obviously, but like, of course, I know I like the only way I've heard about any of that is through people, individual people that I know who have ties to people in Israel who are talking about like, even like people whose family members have been affected by the acts of Hamas, like saying like, we don't support the military actions of the Israeli government, you know? And so it's like, yeah. but I don't, you don't see or hear anything about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There so. is, you know, because the IDF, the Israeli defense force requires two years of service from everybody. Um, once they turn 18, every Israeli, once they turn 18, um, that means that everybody in the country has like a connection to the military, which also means that there's a really robust resistance of people who have served in the IDF and have witnessed yeah. horrifying things. And don't support um, it, right? And don't support it, right? So I think it is really important to bring up the resistance within um, within Israel because people's governments do not represent them very mm-hmm. often, right? Like it, my government is currently doing this. My government is facilitating this genocide right now. So I feel like just as we have like some nuance there, we can have some nuance around like people within Israel and like the really wide diversity of like political opinion um, that can be found there. But it's just to me, like even like if you didn't give a fuck about colonialism and if you didn't give a fuck about like, you know, displacing people for your personal benefit, like I like 
setting all of that aside, like, I just feel like Israel is a policy failure. Like, Jewish people are not safer right now. Like, Jewish people are not safer. Like, the state of Israel has not made anti-Semitism in the world go down. I feel like it has stoked anti-Semitism throughout the world and has made the world more dangerous for Jews globally. Like, I just, like, even if you don't care about, like, what the implications of having a colonial state are like just like it's actually practically a failure like Mm -hmm. nice experiment bro it didn't work Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no i agree and it's just sort of like what 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 comes next is is definitely like the hardest part and obviously like they're not going in the right direction they're not going in the right direction in any way shape or form and i don't know we could talk about there's so much here around like the like Christian right and their like weird support of Israel oh because of God, like yes. what they believe about the apocalypse and then like the Orthodox Jews who don't support Israel because they don't agree with like from a biblical. Pl- I mean, there's just so many fascinating nuances, yeah. but, but yeah. yeah, I think it's important to talk about, even though, you know, it's not what this podcast is about. Like, obviously we always like music is political. And so there's no way to like ignore what's happening. So I appreciate you bringing this song. Yeah. All right, let's close out on a more. <laughs> okay, so this song is called La Bruja, and it's by Tlen Huicani and Lino Chavez. Let's take a listen. I found on a Spotify playlist that had a collection of like Mexican Day of the Dead songs um, and it's from 1988 and I really love the harp in it Um, this group Tlen Wicani is um, which is uh, the phrase means the singers in Nahuatl which is an indigenous language Um, it's so they're using this like harp but in a in this like particular folk way that's connected with Veracruz and like Jarocho um, and I mm-hmm. think it's really, it's really cool. And, um, yeah, they were founded in 1973 and I'd never come across them before, but I think it's, we're like really into the way like European instruments have been adopted by, um, people in 
Latin America and like and been incorporated into like non-European musical traditions I think is really interesting and so yeah. that's something that this group brings yeah for sure I you know the harp is also a huge part of Venezuelan folk music traditions that's cool. um and um yeah I, I really I really love this and so I couldn't find much about Lino Chavez except that he was a musician from Veracruz. So I don't know if you would call, I, I, I don't know enough about the different genres to say like, is this Son Jarocho? It doesn't exactly sound like it to me, but it's, you know, Veracruz is the region where that comes from. And I think there's definitely like some connections to the types of sounds that, um, that you see in Son Jarocho as well. Yeah. And I didn't actually get into the lyrics enough to, to follow like what the bruja part of this is, but. <laughs> harps also i feel like are a little creepy sounding mm, i can see that you know ghostly. angels and stuff harps. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah for sure all right y'all thanks for listening to this episode hope that if you are doing anything for this holiday um you stay safe and you don't appropriate anyone else's cultures <laughs> yes, our, our <laughs> annual PSA. <laughs> um, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Yeah. Um, cultures are not a costume. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> Everything that you heard on today's show will be in our show notes. And make sure to follow us on uh, Instagram, on Twitter. Sometimes we're still over there. Um, and we do have a really great newsletter, if I do say so myself, yeah. that Bittis puts together every week where we tell you what we're into, what we're reading, and yeah, sign up. Thanks so much to Maite for editing, and we will see you all next week. Hasta la próxima, y'all. Bye.